So how's uh, how's training been throughout the entire pandemic and quarantine? So I was supposed to fight March 28th. Um, the fight got canceled on March 16th because of, uh, like everything else in the world, it got canceled. Um, so my parents have a vacation house in Kissimmee, Florida. So when my fight got canceled, I said, fuck being stuck in the snow or the cold rather. And, uh, they gave me the keys down, uh, the keys to the place in Florida. So I went down to, uh, to Kissimmee. I was in Kissimmee for... Uh, up until about two weeks ago, so about two months, give or take, six weeks, give or take. Um, I got back, at, I took a few weeks off because uh, I figured I was, I was in training camp for, you know, seven weeks. I've been seven weeks away and I went from uh, a full training camp to a, uh, to, a, to a quarantine. So as you can imagine, I, I was eating fucking everything. I was fucking huge. I was, I was drinking everything. I was, I was a fucking booze bag for, you know, three weeks. Two and a half weeks, um, just kind of enjoying myself and and I guess making up for lost time. Couldn't do anything else. Couldn't train nothing. Um, then I started getting back in the swing of things. Start stopped feeling bad for myself. Started getting you know started training again. I was training out in Tampa, Florida, with uh, Billy Quarantillo, who's also in the UFC, coming off a huge win. Um, and we were training. I did a freak freak accident. Um, I busted up my hand, broke my finger, um, a little bit of ligament damage to my finger, so I was out another two weeks. Uh, so I'm getting back into training. I'm about three weeks back into training. Um, I'm, I'm still up in Florida. I've been training at, uh, at ATT with, a, with all those savages over there. So I'm getting back into the swing of things and uh, hoping for a return sometime mid to late July. That'd be nice. So describe, I guess, like the whirlwind of emotions. Obviously, you're, you came off a huge win over Boston Salmon. You're looking forward to this next fight. You're two weeks out, less than two weeks out, and it gets canceled. Uh, kind of describe what all that felt like. Yeah, man. So, you know, the coronavirus, you know, it, it was such a developing thing. You know, it, it started it started like hearing like rumblings of it, like, what, December, maybe January. And then it started slowly, slowly picking up. Now we're, we're mid-February, right? So I'm, I'm about four weeks into a training camp. I'm not I'm not killing myself yet. I'm, I'm, I'm training hard, but, you know, the real dieting and the real, you know, weight dropping has not even came yet. Um, during that time, I, I'm I'm very much in tune with the news. I enjoy reading the news. I enjoy I enjoy you know current events, reading what's going on, and I and I see the coronavirus developing and and growing immensely. And it's just this brand new fucking thing that no one has any idea about. So I'm I'm talking to my coaches. I'm like, guys, you know this is kind of you know it's kind of a big fucking deal. They're like, don't worry about it. Focus on the fight. Focus on the fight. I'm like, I I am focusing on the fight, but I think it's I think I think you know it, it's very easy to be ignorant to something that we don't know anything about. Um, Thankfully that I kind of did a lot of, a lot of research, a lot of in-depth. I was just fucking reading all day, fucking every day about the coronavirus and the severity of it. So I kind of knew it was coming. Um, as soon as, you know, as soon as you saw the one state of emergency and, 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 and insert X state, I fucking knew there was no chance there was going to be a fight. I fucking knew it. I, was, I knew it. Um, so the fight officially got canceled on March 16th. But on like March 11th, you know, Ohio had just, and my, my fight was supposed to be in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio had declared that a state of emergency. Um, the governor in Ohio has, has you know, this reputation of, of you know, jumping on, on things right away. So I fucking knew it that he was going to call it right away. Um, maybe not the UFC, you know, maybe other events, all these other things. They started canceling like concerts in, in Ohio, maybe not Columbus, but concerts, 
Ohio State started tweeting stuff about, you know, the, you know, um, cancellations and this stuff. So I fucking knew it was going to happen. Um, so I, I kind of prepared for myself that it was going to happen. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't like news to me that there, it wasn't a surprise to me that the fight got canceled. I knew the fight was going to get canceled. It was just kind of inevitably when, when was the fight going to get canceled? I wish it wasn't 10 days out because that really fucking sucked, you know, that I had trained, you know, for seven weeks and I died so hard for seven weeks and, you know, got my ass kicked every day for seven weeks. You know, all that could have been avoided. You know, I guess it was a good thing. You know, I, 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 I got a lot of skills. I learned a lot about myself. I trained really hard. I got in excellent shape. I was, I was fucking shredded, which was always, you know, it's always cool, you know, seeing these, all these transformations, but it definitely sucked, but it wasn't like, it definitely, it wasn't a start. You'd be stupid to think it was a surprise that the fight's going to get canceled. This is a, this is a fucking real, real virus. People are dying out there. They're not going to let you go out there and compete in front of a crowd if people, if, if it's like a, a liability, you know? So it wasn't, it sucked, but it wasn't, you know, you take the good with the bad. It could have been a blessing in disguise. I could have went out there and got my fucking head kicked in, in you know, two minutes. Who knows? You know, so you know, it's, it could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. So, so now here you are. Uh, I mean, everything's back up and running. Obviously, still no crowds all in the UFC apex, potentially Fight Island. We really have no idea what's going on. Um, you said you wanted to get back in there in July. Is, is Martin Day still the opponent that you're looking at or is it just whoever? Uh, I'm not looking at any at any opponent. Um, if I'm a fan of the sport and I don't know Randy Costa and I don't know Martin Day, I would like those two guys to fight only because if my only knowledge of those guys are their fighting style, you know that that fight had fireworks written all over it. I go out there, I throw bombs, I throw, you know, I'm I'm looking to fight. Martin has these fucking fantastic kicks. He's super super excited. He's extremely talented. Uh, it wasn't going to be a boring fight. There was no way that was going to be a boring fight. Um, and I'm sure Martin's answer would be the exact same thing. I don't have any ill will. I don't even, I don't know that guy. You know, I, I wished him well as soon as our fight got canceled. I wished him and his family safe, as did he. You know, I didn't, I don't want to fight him per se. It would be cool to, you know, test my skills against someone like that or someone like that um, and, and put on a fucking awesome show for the fans. Um, but the fans aren't there, you know, so... If that fight ha if that fight happens, great. If not, fucking awesome. I'm gonna shake his hand when I see him. If, if you know, we're gonna get paid to fight each other. We're gonna get paid to fight each other. Uh, there, I think there are a lot of exciting matchups out there, and I think the UFC probably knows that. You know, they have. I'm not gonna go out there, and I'm not gonna say that. You know, I have star potential. I have UFC. You know, you know, belt contention. This, that, the other. Thing. I'm not gonna be a future star. But one thing that's guaranteed with me is that you're gonna have an exciting fight. So I think the UFC probably recognizes and probably knows that they're gonna they're gonna put something someone in front of me where you know. It's going to be someone that's going to actually want to fight, not someone that's going to want to go to the ground and, and, and hug against, you know, for 15 minutes and, you know, just grapple. They're going to probably put someone on, you know, out there against me that, you know, wants to fight because make no fucking mistake. I want to go out there and I just want to throw bombs. I don't want to go out there and cuddle with this dude that's all this crazy stuff. I can, but I know what people want to see. and People people want to see fucking the limbs being thrown around. Yeah, you're you're five and one as a pro, five first round finishes. So I think that shows a lot about your fighting style. Um, which is kind of, you know, the first thing I notice is you're training at Lowe's on MMA, yet you all all of your finishes are in the first round with TKO, right? Not they're not submissions. You're working with one of the best submission specialists in the world. What's it been like to work with him, and and what has he done for your overall game? Man, I've I've been him I've been with him for nine or ten years, something like that. So I, I grew as I definitely grew as a martial artist um, since I've been with him. Um, you know, when I, when I started training with him, I had been, you know, I, I've been a wrestler. I've been, you know, I wrestled in high school and I've been a kickboxer. 
I did it all before going to his gym. When I went to his gym, I kind of put everything together and every single lick of jujitsu that I have and that I know and that, you know, that, that I practice is everything is around him. Um, you know, so I, I definitely attribute every single bit of my success in MMA directly to him. No doubt about it. One thousand percent from the way that I conduct myself, from the way that, you know, sportsmanship and respect to the way that I compete. It's directly, you know, correlated and, and it's because of him. If you look at our fighting styles, they're different, but they're not that far apart. He's constantly looking at, you know, finishes, finishes, finishes on the ground. And I'm constantly looking for finishes, finishes, finishes on the feet. So you could say, like, I'm, you know, I'm the Joe Lozon of stand-up, you know? I, guess, I mean, I guess that you could, you know, could, you know, I have, like, his fighting style, except I prefer to keep it on the feet. I'm, I'm constantly attacking, constantly going forward, constantly throwing big shots, constantly looking for the knockout. He's constantly going for the takedown, constantly, you know, trying to pass guard and constantly doing damage on the ground. You know, our fighting styles are different, but very, very much similar in the grand scheme of things. You know, every, everything I, I, you know, I owe everything. To, I'm, I'm forever indebted for everything that he's done for me. What was it like training at AT&T? Obviously, you said it was great, amazing experience. Did you, who are some of the people you worked with while you were there? You mentioned Billy Quarantillo. And, and what sorts of things, and is it nice to kind of get a variety of different uh, training camps? Yeah, well, first thing, I didn't train with Billy Quarantillo at ATT. Uh, Billy Quarantillo trains in at, uh, in Tampa, at Gracie Tampa South under Matt Arroyo. Both uh, okay. fantastic, excellent gym. Uh, Matt Arroyo is a fantastic coach. Uh, great, great, great people over there. Billy Quarantillo is an awesome dude. Um, but training ATT, I'm still training at ATT. I'm still out here in Florida. Um, I'm training with, obviously, a lot of high-level guys, constantly in the room with you know, Ma uh, Marlon and Pedro Munoz and, and I'm training with Ricky Bandejas and Charles Rosa and all these big name guys. It's just so nice being around all these, you know, everyone has the same goal. You know, there's no ego there. Everyone's super cool, super cool. From the second I walked into the door, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm in the UFC. So my, my, my worry was that I was going to go out there and there was going to, I was going to go there and there was going to be a target on my back. People going to try to, oh, I want to beat Randy Cost up. It wasn't like that at all. Everyone was super welcome and super cool. You know, I definitely felt like I was, I was welcome there. I felt like I was, you know, like I, I wasn't intruding on anything. Everyone's been super fucking cool. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful for that. And I, like I said, I am still training out here. I'm, I'm, especially since gyms in Massachusetts can't open until June 30th at the very earliest. So I'll, I'll be here at least until June 30th. What was it like? So you mentioned uh, Charles Rosa. You mentioned Joe Lozon. What was it like for you, to, the three of you, to compete on that card back home in Boston? And what was it like getting a victory uh, in front of your home crowd? Yeah. So that that night, you know that that week, I, that was the first time I ever met Charles Rosa. I've no, I know I've known who Charles Rosa was. We were from Massachusetts. Uh, obviously, he's a household name in Massachusetts. Um, but I was sharing the card with Kyle Blockniak, who I trained with, Joe Lozon, who I trained with. Uh, Calvin Cater was supposed to be fighting that night, so he was in camp for, you know, two weeks after. Um, Mandy Bermudez, who's a very good friend of mine, who fought Charles Rosa that night. Um, so all these guys, it was, it was really fucking weird. You know, a lot of guys get into the UFC, and, and they never get the chance to fight in the big show in their hometown. I got the chance to fight it in my hometown on my second fight in the UFC. Yep. You know, second, and we're now with, you know, four or five other Boston guys. It was, a, it was a local show on steroids for me. You know, it was, it was a fucking fantastic experience. To go out there and get a win, you know, like in that fashion, after after coming up a loss in my hometown arena, you know, getting a first round knockout, and then Joe Lozon coming up, my you know my fucking coach, my mentor, my the guy I looked up with, the guy who I never even thought I would fight, 
you know, in the same fucking, you know, breathe the same air as him, never mind fighting, you know, in the same big show as him, you know, on the same night in what could very well be his last fight ever. It was just, it was a fucking pit. You couldn't have wrote it better. I went out there, barely got touched, got a first round knockout. Joe went out there, barely got touched, first round TKO. It was a fucking fantastic night for Lowe's and MMA. Yeah, it was incredible. I remember, uh, like, I was a Joe Lozon fan my entire life, still am to this day. Um, and so when I saw him win, I was like, I hope this is it for him. I hope this is it. I hope he ch- – and he didn't make the speech. As someone who trains with him, what, what, what is it you want to see from him uh, as a fighter, not as a coach? Uh, as a fighter, I, I – man, so I, I obviously see firsthand the way that Joe trains and all that stuff. And Joe hasn't missed a step. Joe is still training every single day with, with fucking savages. And, and, he's, and he's not only hanging with these guys, he's beating these guys. Joe's, you know, training with, with the best guys. What I would like to see out of him, um, because I have this you know, relationship with him that's, that's deeper than, than just fighting. Obviously, we're, we're, very, we're very close, we're very friendly. Um, is that I just want, I, I would like to see him, whatever he's going to do, I just want him to be happy. If, if he's, if he's done, then he's done. If he wants to go, then he wants to go. Who the fuck are we to judge? You know, he's, he's done all these great things in MMA and the UFC. If the guy wants to take another fight, let the guy take another fight. Why, why would he be wrong for taking another fight after fucking demolishing someone that he was supposed to lose to in his hometown arena? Would that be a good thing to walk away with? Yeah. Would that be a wrong thing to go forward and fight again? Fuck no. Let the guy do it. I want Joe to do what Joe what Joe wants to do. If he's going to be happy to take another fight, fuck yeah, let's go do it. If not, dude, he had a fucking awesome career. Yeah, I think future Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, you know, he's done it all. One of the winningest fighters in lightweight history. One of the people who have the most performance of the night bonuses. Incredible fighter all around. And, and, and you look I've at always it. been a fan. Yeah, you know, and... and you know, when you think Joe Lozon or when you're talking about Joe, it's a people hall of fame. You know, he doesn't have, there's not one negative press thing about him. Right. Yep. Whether, whether you're standing across from him in a cage, whether, you know, at Wayne's, he's not shoving people at Wayne's. He's not talking shit about his opponents. You know, there's a lot to be learned from a guy like Joe Lozon. He's an incredible role model for, for the sport, for sure. You know, it's his, from his, he's, he's going to shake your hand before the fight. He's not going to fucking smile at you. He's going to wish you and your family well. And then he's going to go out there and try to take your head off. Like that's all there is to it. You know, so it's just, it's so fucking cool. And, you know, I try to envy that or I try to, you know, replicate that myself and mirror that myself. It's just, there's, he, 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 he can teach a lot of great lessons to a lot of young fighters, including myself. And, I, you know, he's just, he's the fucking man. Yeah. Your journey is very different than most. You know, most people, especially in a, in a division like Bantamweight, have 12, 13, 14 fights. You had four when you made your debut. What was it like getting the call? And, and did you think it was like, too early or were you just like man i'm all in um so i could definitely see why why someone would say that it's too early um if i had gone out there and i got my ass kicked right away it would have been too early um i think that i showed that i fucking belonged i went out there i put on i had him hurt with the first punches i threw i had i was in the i could argue that i was winning the first round i got caught in the second round it is what it is um i got there at just four and oh um i was a unicorn no one still no one really knows my full potential but I think I showed in that fight, and I absolutely showed in the last fight that I do belong. My record, I may not have 10, 12 wins, but my talent shows. I go out there, I fucking knock people out. That's all there is to it. No, I'm not. These aren't accident punches. These aren't accident kicks. That it, this, all this stuff isn't an accident. The way that I fight, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I can hang with the best guys. 
Um, again, if, if I had gone out there and, and I, I was knocked out right away or I had got submitted right away, taken down right away, I would have a different answer. That wasn't the case. I put on a fucking good show. I, I, was, I, had, I was winning some of the fight. I was putting it on. I was putting it on him. I was hurting him with every single shot. You have to remember, this is a guy that went three rounds with Zabit Magomed Shiripov. I didn't go three rounds with Zabit Magomed Shiripov. I was just a 4-0 guy fighting a guy that was coming off of a fight three rounds with Zabit. You know, I, I showed that I definitely belong. Uh, when I got that, when I got that notice that I was getting to get into the UFC, it wasn't like, oh fuck, I'm in the UFC. You know, this is all an accident. It was like, all right, it was only a matter of time. The local fights were just the preseason. Now I'm in the real season. Now it's time to fight. Now it's time to compete. This is this. All this stuff wasn't an accident, man. I'm here to stay, and I showed that with my last fight and my debut. Yeah, absolutely. I thought your debut was extremely impressive, considering the. You know the the level of fighter which you were fighting, like you said, he just came off of three three rounds was a beat, and then you steamrolled Boston Salmon um, in really really impressive fashion. Um, so yeah, I like you said, four fights in. Um, I think some fighters wish say 12, 13, 14 fights. Some I guess can be rushed into it. There's a big card this weekend with a lot of bantamweight talent on it. Um, what what are your thoughts on, on this weekend's card? And are these fights you're watching and interested in? Man, the whole the whole card is is stacked from fucking top. The, this card is is probably better than that that first card they brought back from the pandemic. I would definitely one hundred percent argue that. Um, obviously, they have the the, the big big bantamweight fights, which are three bantamweight big, three big bantamweight fights. Um, hold on, I'm just looking at the card, and that's, that's the, the Sun Sal versus Cody. Yeah, got, uh, Al Sterling versus Cody Sandhagen. And uh, I think there's one more big bantamweight fight on that card, and in the main event, obviously Amanda two Nunes. Bantamweight cards, two more big bantamweight fights. O'Malley, yeah. O'Malley, and Eddie Wineland, and yep. then of course Brian Keller and Cody Stammen. Cody yep. Stammen, Brian Keller is in a title contention shot, but those are two top ten fighters, two top fifteen yep. fighters. Four huge bantamweight. That that whole card is stacked from top to bottom. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really excited. Obviously, for those bantamweight fights, but even the fights that aren't bantamweight fights, that the card is just banging. What's your What's your prediction for the uh, the Sterling fight as well as the the Garbrandt fight? Okay, so I'll start with the Garbrandt fight first. So <clears throat> Garbrandt Garbrandt is a killer, one hundred percent. You cannot deny that. I think his kryptonite, what his kryptonite has been, is that you know he fights a lot with emotion. When he fights with emotion, he gets caught in these bad situations. When he fought, um, when he fought TJ, he was he was able to get away with that stuff. Um, but you saw, you know, very very, you know, very clearly when he fought Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz knew exactly what he was doing. He was going to stir stir the pot with him, get in there and try to brawl with him. Just brawl with him, got caught with a big shot. Um, Cody's power, fantastic. Can you question his chin? Absolutely, you can question his chin. Um, I think this fight, you're going to see a very composed Cody Garbrandt. I think I think he probably knows that he can fight emotionally. Um, and a Sun Tzu is not the shit talker. A Sun Tzu is not the guy that's going to push you at wins. A Sun Tzu is not the guy that's going to talk shit. Um, Cody is extremely, extremely crafty. When Cody's on his game, he wins, he wins fights very impressively. Um, I, th- I think Cody's going to pull away with it, man. I, I re- I, I'll have a better, I'll have more of a definitive answer when I see the weigh-ins. But I, right now, when there's no bad blood, no talking shit, no nothing, I think Cody, I think Cody's a better fighter, man. I don't think, he, I don't think, I don't think, Asensio is going to be able to close that distance and, and wrestle him like the way that, 
you know, that I think a sense I would win. Cody's wrestling is outstanding. Cody's movement is insane, and he packs a huge, huge punch. Does a sunset has have punching power like that? I don't know. I'm not sure I can say that. I think Cody's going to do a lot of dancing in this fight, and I think Cody's going to win this fight. Yeah, I mean, I have I have it as Sun Sal because of the way uh, Cody's temper is, right? It's, it's hit or miss. If he's composed, I feel like he wins. If he's not, I think a Sun Sal pulls away. But like he said, I mean, a Sun Sal isn't one for trash talking. So it's it's hard to predict because I think it really falls on Cody's shoulders, which Cody decides to show up. A thousand percent. I agree one thousand percent. And uh, what about Sterling Sandhagen? I think the winner of this I think, deserves a title shot next. Yeah, 1,000%. No doubt about it. I think, I think you could even – both of these guys could 100% get title shots at this point right now. And I think, this, you, I think yeah, they deserve This could be the title shot, yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I think that works against Cody or Corey is that he doesn't really have that star power yet. I think he's – and it really sucks, man, because – I, I like what Corey's about. I love everything. He's super fucking nice. He's super humble. He's not talking shit, but like that doesn't really sell it. It's hard to get that. It's not very often that you're seeing those kind of guys sell. The new McGregor is doing that, but the old McGregor, the McGregor that got him to where he is, that's the, that's the you know, that's not what Corey Sanhagen's doing. Corey Sanhagen is, man, that dude has fucking talent. His, he's so crafty in there. He has such a high fight IQ. He's reading things like in like in half speed. Like we see all this wiry stuff, all this fighting stuff, and he's seeing everything in slow motion. It's fantastic. I think I think Corey Sanhagen's going to get the win. I don't think Corey Sanhagen's going to knock Sterling out. I don't think he's going to choke him out. I think he's going to get the win like he beat John Lineker. I think he's going to move around and just play around with him. Sterling has unbelievable wrestling, but can Sterling hang with someone with that kind of movement, that kind of crazy, crazy movement? I think so. I think Sanhagen's going to get it done, man. I, I, I can't root against that guy. He hasn't shown me a reason why why I, I couldn't pick him. Sterling, I, I, he, Sterling's a super fucking cool dude too. He, I think, I think he's just in a tough fight right now. Yeah, I have Sanhagen winning it, but it's it's so back and forth. And the only thing that really like did it for me was was that knockout lo- loss. You know, I know a lot of people say it's a fluke, but it does show that there is kink in his armor. Uh, so I, that's the reason why I went against him there really hasn't been anybody who's really tested Sandhagen and really like you know like he was never really in danger in any fight Um, and what about that what about that main event Amanda Nunes and uh, Felicia Spencer man come on Amanda Nunes she wins this what Felicia Felicia's good at jiu-jitsu right yeah she's got great wrestling she's great uh you know she's durable She's got a yeah. chin. She showed it against Chris Cyborg. Yeah, and Amanda Nunes is a fucking animal. Like, she's, she's, I, I what are those odds? That's got to be crazy lopsided odds, right? Yeah, I don't know what the odds are, but I know it's got to be very much in uh, Amanda Nunes' favor. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm very much a person that's going to bet the underdog, and especially a heavy underdog. But with this kind of fight, you're not dealing, so... If you're dealing with like 185 pounders or 170 pounders who men who have like crazy knockout power, you can sway towards the underdog a little bit a little bit harder. When you're dealing with 100 when you're dealing with women, I guess in general who typically don't pack as deep as deep of a punch, um, it's tough, man. And you don't you're not gonna see like this you know fluke submission. You 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 might see a, a fluke knockout. I mean that's it's four ounce gloves. You can knock anyone out. 
Felicia Spencer hasn't shown crazy knockout power. Amanda Nunes has, and she's shown incredible jiu-jitsu. Felicia's shown incredible jiu-jitsu, and that's pretty much it, right? She's not like this crazy talented or, or, or crazy technical or finesse fighter. She's extremely talented. I didn't mean to let that word slip. But she's, she's not like this crazy finesse and, and pick-apart kind of fighter. She's going to close the distance and try to, you know, body lock you and take you down. I think you have to go with the favorite in this fight. You can't bet against Amanda Nunes. If she's fighting Cyborg, maybe you can bet against her in that kind of fight. But not with Felicia Spencer, man. I think Felicia Spencer's in overhead, her, over her head with this fight. Um, I definitely admire her. She's fucking fantastic. She's 8-1, only, what, three or four fights in the UFC. She's fighting for the belt against the champ champ. It's incredible. She's going to go up there and she's going to try to put on a show. But, man, I can't root against Nunes. I can't pick against Nunes. She's shown too much. I'd pick Nunes against a lot of dudes. I'd pick Nunes against me, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I think Nunez is extremely impressive. Her streak is insane, and the fact that she had that rough patch to start her career and really turned it around and became arguably the greatest of all time, male or female, yeah. I think says a lot about Amanda Nunez. Yeah, man, I, I don't think I don't think anyone, and I, I don't think Felicia Spencer's gonna be. I don't think Felicia Spencer's gonna win win that fight. I mean, I, that's that's a tough it. Felicia Spencer is one of the best 145 pounders, 1,000%, no doubt about that. But Amanda Nunes is next level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Last question, and uh, we'll make it non-MMA related. What sorts of things are you doing now? Um, any TV shows you're watching? Any video games you're playing? What, are you do what have you been doing to keep your mind occupied outside of, like you said, drinking and, and eating? <laughs> you know what's funny, man, is that I, I make it sound like I'm this big this big booze bag right but you people when i'm doing like when i'm doing interviews and stuff like this is a little different but when i'm typically doing interviews it's typically when i'm in, when i'm coming up on a fight and i'm and I, i'm in fight camp yeah uh, let it be known that when i'm at home in the state of massachusetts i will not have a sip of alcohol the only time i drink is right after a fight and i had a seven week fight camp so to me i had a fight um but yeah i, I haven't i haven't drank since fucking a long time i mean like since the, the initial first three weeks, you know, post fight got cancellation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't play video games. I don't ever watch TV. The extent of my TV watching, man, is, is, is you know, I like watching cool documentaries. I just watched that cool, um, that Jeffrey Epstein documentary. That was pretty fucking cool on Netflix. Um, but I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that sits down and plays, you know, computer games or video games and stuff like that. I, I'm extremely active. I'm always, always, always working out something, running, swimming, fucking any, anything that to get me on my feet. Um, yeah, man, that, that Epstein doc was pretty fucking cool. If you haven't seen that, I highly, highly recommend it. It was very, very informative, very fucking cool, and very, very sketchy. That dude is cooked. Yeah. Yeah, I have been wanting to watch it. I've read a lot about him, and I've listened to uh, people like Joe Rogan talk about him and stuff like that, but never really dug into it and uh, yeah, watched that. My, my knowledge of Epstein was not that in-depth prior to watching this documentary. Man, this documentary was an extreme, extreme eye-opener. I always knew he was like this sketchy character, but man, this, this doc breaks everything down like extreme, like unreal. Um, if you do watch it, um, stay, don't, don't watch the first episode and let that be the, the deciding factor. Uh, I fell asleep in, this, in the second episode. It was extremely fucking boring. But as they get on to like the third and fourth episode, it gets, gets, starts to get like really spicy. Um, it's all up to date and it's in chronological order. So if you're talking about, you know, Epstein didn't kill himself, all that stuff, it shows you why that you think that Epstein did not kill himself. It's really, really fucking cool and super, super informative. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta check that one out. I've been watching a lot of like Tiger King and all this other <laughs> nonsense. So did yeah, you see fucking uh, the judge ordered ba or Carol Baskins to to have full ownership of uh, Joe Exotic's suit? 
No, I didn't see that. Dude, the other day, yeah, Carol Baskin has the rights to uh, Joe Exotic Zoo. He's kicking out, um, what was that other dude named? That, that other fucking snake. Yeah, that's guy. the other psycho, yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh, kicking Jeff, Jeff Lowe. Yeah, yeah. Keep making him get out, and it was like 60 days or something, and then she has full ownership of Joe Exotic Zoo. Oh, my God. Aren't they, like, investigating her soon? Like, I thought they were oh, investigating her. Yes, so there was obviously, since Tiger King got put out, um, and everyone started doing this big outrage. Tampa, Tampa, where Carol Bass's thing is, they their their police department reopened the case to do the investigation on uh, on her killing the husband. Which fucking, it's so clear that she did. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, that, that was that was that was a good one too. Man, that was a real good. What, what was that one we watched yesterday, Sam? That uh, we watched yesterday. The the Centoya, you know the Centoya Brown one. You know um, Centoya Brown. No, she was a um a sixteen or thirteen or four some a young a young girl who was um you know pimped out I guess uh got picked up by this dude and then she turned down sex by this by this guy and then she thought this guy was gonna kill him so she reached over and shot him in the back of the head and then ran and then she got put in jail for a long time and then she just got out and it's that one's another fucking really fucked up that really twisted awesome awesome one so i definitely recommend that one i'll have to check that one out as well that one's a cool one too all right man well uh thank you for the time it was, uh, it was nice talking and uh looking forward to seeing you back in there hopefully in july once everything's healed up and hopefully on a fight on fight island that'd be incredible wherever the heck that is i hope so man put me on an island i'll fucking you take away i normally go and get trashed after these after these fights so you take away the middleman i'll just get drunk on the island <laughs> all right man all the best looking forward to it all right, brother. Stay safe. Later. Yeah, you too.